When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. Before we get started with this episode of Bench with Bubba, I want to talk to you about Rotoballer.com. Win big in 2022 with Rotoballer.com's MLB and DFS Premium Pass, which includes 15 exclusive lineup tools, daily DFS cheat sheets, and our new Team Sync platform. Use Rotoballer's exclusive hitter projections, pitching planners, DFS value plays, research stations, lineup optimizer, and more to help you win big. For a limited time, get your MLB Premium Pass for an extra 10% off your with your discount code Bubba, B-U-B-B-A. Just visit rotoballer.com, use promo code Bubba, B-U-B-B-A for 10% off the Premium Pass for the MLB season, and get started to rotoballing like a boss. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bench with Bubba, episode 502. Got a returning guest for the show that talks more fantasy baseball, some uh, potential prospect call-ups, and some that have already been called up recently, uh, some surprise performers in the second half of the season. Is it real or not? All that kind of fun stuff as we have about six fab periods to go. And uh, for those of you in your weekly fab segments, you can find his work at rotoballer.com, AM New York Sports, and the Catcher's Corner Podcast. He's on Twitter at SamskiNYC. He's a two-time FWSA Writer of the Year for Football and Baseball. Eric Samolski, how we doing, man? Good, Bubba. We're, we're back where it all started. You know, this. Yep. Uh, you were the first podcast I ever joined, I don't I, maybe two years ago. I mean, time is weird these days. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's good to be back. Yeah, you know, it's good to have you back. I don't even remember how long. I remember we did it. I just, but yeah, it's all kind of flows together these days, the way things yeah. are going. So it's uh, it, it might have been, well, yeah, it might have been two years ago, actually, which is a shame. It's been that long, but uh, I'm glad we got to make this happen. And uh, it's going to be a, another fun one. Before we get started, plug away what you got going on. I know you're busy with uh, AM New York Sports, getting the work in booths and all that kind of cool stuff, and then everything else. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I am I am an employed sports writer uh, at AM New York Sports, so you can find it at just amny.com slash sports, uh, covering, you know, all New York sports, but also national sports. Um, going to the U.S. Open next week, covering uh, U.S. Open tennis, so it's kind of all over the place. Uh, baseball stuff is, as Bubba mentioned, all at, at Rotoballer. Um, I've got an article coming out later this week on um, – young starting pitchers for the stretch, uh, whether you should believe in them or not, you know, your Glenn Otto's and JP Sears and guys like that. So I'll, I'll be diving in there. 
Um, and then if you uh, hit me up on Twitter at Samsky NYC, um, every Sunday I do the Samalski Sunday Tribune, um, which is a sub stack I put together looking at the, the leaders from the week uh, before in hard hit rate, barrel rate, home runs, steals, et cetera, um, to try to help make fab decisions uh, for next week. Yeah, I totally blanked on that one. That was a must read. I, every Sunday morning I wake up and that's in my my inbox. It's it's free people. Like it's it's, it's great information because um for those of us that have other things going on in life, you can't keep up with everything. So to be able to check that out and like I usually do my my initial fab work Saturday night, but then I'll, I'll go over that and it just kind of did I miss someone? Is there this or that? It's it's a yeah. big help, especially like you cover like the prospects and stuff, which is not my forte. So it's a yeah, it's that, an awesome that's awesome one of- deal. Thank you. Yeah, that was one of those things where I was like, all right, what might be helpful? And I was like, let's look at promotions. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of fab stuff out there, um, you know, and and when I first put it out, I was I talked to Vlad Sedler and I was like, listen, I don't want to step on toes because we all know, you know, Vlad's, uh, you know, his roto gut, uh, trust the gut piece. But I think, you know, the goal is to to have it work in tandem with other things, looking at the the leaders from last week. And then if you pair that with, you know, then that guy shows up on Vlad's document or all the stuff we put out at Rotoballer for, you know, schedules. I know you have a bunch of fab stuff that comes out on Rotoballer. So it's, it should work as a compliment of like, oh, I see these names on Bubba's list. This guy also was on the leaderboard and Eric's thing. Maybe I move him up my list as opposed to, you know, down. No, that's a great way to do it. Like, I, like you, you summed it up really well. Is like there's so much great work out there. So like, kind of see where it is, see if things match up, and then your piece, uh, it's it, it keeps it to the point and lets us know. Like like, I, like you said, you either move them up, move them down. Did I miss that guy? I think it's it's a great deal. Like you can literally grab a cup of coffee, read it in the morning. It's a uh, it's super helpful. So uh, yeah, I totally blanked on that one. That's a must read every Sunday morning. So. Uh, kudos on you because that's the one thing that so many people will ask me like i'm some kind of expert or something but they go how do i make a name and i said you gotta do something different do something new like you gotta be different because like you said there's a bunch of fab articles there's all yeah. like what, what you're doing is different and then it works in tandem so yeah pretty pretty cool stuff you got going on there thank you all right let's talk prospects and this is fun because you know you got your you know you got your james anderson's of the world and your eric crosses they're sitting in the welsh and all these guys that do all that go out all these camps and everything but I don't think people realize that Eric does a lot of prospect work as well over at Rotoballer, and he kind of looks more like a head to the kind of maybe not so common names. Some of them are common. Like I'll read his article, and there's a lot of them I don't know, and that's why it's helpful to me. Uh, it, it's stuff like that. So we're going to talk about some of those guys. Some of them everybody knows by now. Some of them they don't, and that's the beauty of this. And we'll start with one that everyone probably knows by now, and that is Gunnar Henderson of the Baltimore Orioles. And on Tuesday – there was some massive rumors that he was getting called up, and then no, uh, he was back right. in the lineup for uh, AAA uh, that night. But he should, on paper, be up any moment. Dude's got 19 home runs, 19 steals, hitting nearly 300 at AAA right now. Mm. So what are your thoughts on Gunnar Henderson? Because I think when they do call him up, it's going to be an everyday role, you'd imagine. So he feels yeah. like he might be a must-add. Yeah, I, I think so. And I first just want to say, you know, all those guys that you mentioned, you know, the James Andersons of the world, I, I rely on so much of their prospect work. Um, what we what we talked about at Rotoballer when I put together the article you were mentioning is like when when people look for waiver ads at the major league level, they scour leaderboards, right? Who's OPS over the last, you know, 30 days, look at like the rolling graphs on StatCast. We look at stuff like that. But in minor leagues, we just look at like, okay, who are the top prospects? But sometimes it's who is crushing over the last two months and is in an organization that will likely call that person up. 
And then that's how like I was on Jack Sawinski right when he got called up because he was in the article because he was crushing in the minor leagues. And granted that flamed out, but you know, if you picked up Jack, Jack Sawinski early, you got a bunch of home runs mm-hmm. um, and power numbers early on. So there there's another thing where just like, you know, everything I like to keep all the work like complimentary, right? We should all be able to exist in this industry, putting out work that, you know, helps and feeds off of one another. Uh, I use a lot of James's stuff to decide who's, who's real and who's not. Um, Gunnar Henderson, as you mentioned, is all over those, um, those lists. I think it's inevitable. He's getting called up. The reason why we were hearing those rumors is that after August 23rd, we passed the deadline where uh, players will not lose rookie eligibility based on the amount of games they would play at the end of the season. So basically your Gunnar Henderson's, your Tristan Casas's, uh, you know, another name we'll talk about later in this rundown, uh, top prospects can come up and still be rookie eligible for next year, which we know matters a lot to teams. Um, I'd pick up Gunnar Henderson just for what you mentioned. I mean, he, you know, has hit at every level this year. Um, you mentioned 19 home runs, 11 of them are at AAA with seven stolen bases at AAA. Uh, the strikeout rate jumped up to 26% at AAA, which caught my eye. Um, you know, I think there's going to be some swing and miss in the major leagues at at his first stop because that's what happens, right? I think mm-hmm. you have to look at his teammate, Adley Rutschman. Everybody was like, pick him up, must add. The first, what was it, like four weeks, six weeks? We're not that great. And then he's gone on a tear. Um, but you got to add guys like Gunnar Henderson and see if they hit the ground running. Uh, and it might be slow going, but that's the kind of power speed and everyday spot in a lineup that doesn't come around a lot. Yeah, he's a beast. And, and it'd be really interesting to see what happens. And Adley Rushman's a good thing because uh, he's now, I think I saw he leads all rookies now in like F4. And that's over Julio Rodriguez, who's just been a, mm-hmm. a beast. So that says that just tells you how good he is playing now that he's gotten comfortable. Uh, the Orioles have the best record in the AL East since he got called up. Like there's just a list of things that, you know, the record might not be an Adley thing, but it's got to help a little bit, you'd imagine. So um, it, it could take Gunner some time. It, it'll be interesting. And we're getting a lot of call-ups lately. I was talking with Bloomfield about it the other night. I said it's crazy because in seasons past, you know, you get one here, one here, and it's like every week, we're like, okay, this is the last big call-up. Von Grissom, last big call-up we're going to get this year. And then we yeah. get Beatty and all these guys, last Langoliers. And then now this week we're getting potentially more, as you mentioned. It's it's going to be crazy how many young players. It's good. It's good for baseball. But it's yeah. crazy to see. Um, we don't have to go deep on it because I didn't put it on the outline, but you mentioned his name. Uh, Tristan Cassis, we were kind of bummed when they traded for Eric Hosmer because that kind of closed things down. But now Hosmer's to the IL. Do you think this potentially opens up a window or is it just more like we're not going to probably see him until next year? It's listen, as a, as a Red Sox fan, it's confusing um, as a fantasy manager who's held Casas on my bench for, you know, the last few weeks, it's frustrating. Um, you know, I, I do think we see him. Um, I think it's becoming pretty clear that this is not a team that's competing um, for the postseason, you know, they were hanging around the wild card for a while. Um, so I thought, you know, the move for Hosmer, which San Diego basically paid for, um, you know, helped kind of keep them somewhat in contention for this year. I, I just expect that come September, um, you know, especially as the minor league season is winding down and the games are running out. Why not? You know, why not see what you can get? He was out with an ankle injury for a long time. So I think that really delayed 
um, the call up and they wanted to see him kind of get back on track at AAA, which he has. The strikeout numbers are going down over the last few weeks. Um, the power has always been there. It's not, you know, an iPod. He has, you know, 10 home runs this year um, in 67 games, which isn't like, holy cow, but we've seen the monster shots. We know it's in there. Um, and, you know, he is just 22 years old. So there's time to figure it out. I, I think September. I think, yeah. I think, you know, there's only a, there's only so long you can watch Franchi Cordero play first yeah. base before you call up somebody else. Uh huh. 100%. That's why I was like, I know we were all excited for him to come up and then he made that Hosmer move. I was like, ah, but, uh, yeah, it'd be fun to get a little run with him for sure. Similar to Gunnar Henderson, we have Corbin Carroll. Again, inevitable. Like they've already said, hey, we want to get him some use this year, a.k.a. like you said, we're waiting for the right date to make sure this is mm-hmm. official type deal. So it, it, honestly, it's it could happen any moment. No one would be surprised. Um, he is destroying the minor leagues this year. He has um, 22 home runs, 31 stolen bases, hitting 311. He even has 21 doubles. The dude just doing everything offensively. Not much left to prove in the AAA yeah. area. So what's your thoughts on Corbin Carroll? Yeah, um, I I really think that I would add him over Gunnar Henderson if we knew they were both coming up at the same time. Obviously, obviously we don't. Um, but I really like I really like what I see from him. Um, there are a lot of people that I whose opinions I value highly that are fully all in on on Corbin Carroll. Um, I think that there's an avenue for playing time, obviously. And there's an avenue in Baltimore too, but Baltimore's probably going to make the playoffs. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they look like a playoff team. So they have a little bit more to lose in in calling a guy up um, if he's not ready to hit the ground running. Whereas, you know, Arizona, um, you know, you can, I mean, there's a guy we'll talk about later, uh, you know, Jake McCarthy, who is playing well, but it's not yeah. like he's entrenched. You know they gave they gave Stone Garrett a chance. Um, Stone Garrett was a guy that was on the minor league leaderboards article that I, um, you know, that I had uh, twenty eight home runs and fifteen stolen bases at AAA this year. Um, he's done pretty well in a very minor sample right now um, at, in the major league level. So there are some guys that Arizona could continue to let play. Um, it would really help them if Dalton Varsha was a legitimate catcher um, because yeah. it would open up an outfield spot. Um, and I just don't, I just don't think he's going to end up there and it, it leads a lot of crowding in the outfield. No, that's a great point with Varsho. It'd be nice. Uh, it makes you wonder at one point when they, they could have traded, um, um, Carson Kelly at one point mm-hmm. in time, that would have been nice to open up that, that hole. But, um, yeah, I guess we'll see even Alec Thomas is kind of taking a step back of late. Right. So but I think they want to keep giving him run, you'd imagine. So yeah. it'll be interesting. But you figure if they call Carroll up somewhere to these other guys, it's go time to see what, well, to see what we have from him. And he's a game changer. So I'm, I'm pretty yeah. excited about that one. Your boy Emmanuel Rivera is clogging up uh, one of the one of the lineup spots in Arizona right now. Yeah, I looked real foolish there for a while. But he's starting to hit again. Like I think that's what we're going to get out of him. It's going to be a lot of ups and downs with with Emmanuel. Yeah. There's a reason the Royals traded him so easily. But right. um you know, I have him on a few DCs because I was at the beginning of the year. I was like, you know what, who he might play in Kansas city. Yeah. Um, I didn't, you know, he's, he's done well. Yeah. Um, that's the key is he just, you got to find those teams. And I, I think I even made the joke. Uh, Cause someone tweeted out, I think it was some Cardinals writer or something that 
out of like the top five rookie OPSs, the Cardinals had like three of them or something. I'm like, so next year right. in DC, just look at all potential prospects for the Cardinals because that's just like your late, the last three picks, just go. So, yeah, yeah find teams that uh, let young guys play or have no one else to play, basically. Exactly. Um, speaking of the Royals, Drew Waters, who they received in a trade from the Atlanta Braves. Uh, he kind of, he was a big time prospect at one time, then it just kind of outwore his welcome. It just wasn't working out there. Gets traded, plays really well in AAA for the Royals, kind of finds a new sense of life. He's gone hitless in the first two games with the Royals, but, you know, transition, you could say. What's your thoughts on him, though? Because he was once a highly touted prospect, kind of fizzled out, looks a little better. Now he's getting a chance. Yeah, um, I, I'm intrigued. You know, like, I first of all, he's up right now, mm-hmm. right, which is the difference between him and, True. you know, your Corbin Carrolls or your Gunnar Hendersons. Like, he's up and they're not in contention. So he's he's gonna play. Um, I, it was only 31 games at the Royals uh, AAA in Omaha, but I I really need to look into like what did they do? I mean, he's just a drastically different hitter there, and sometimes you just need a change of scenery, right? But I mean, you know, seven home runs, 13 stolen bases, uh, 295 average with a, a 541 slug. Uh, over the last 30 days, he's he was seventh in the International League with a 993 OPS. Um, I mean, like, that's power and speed. That's certainly usable. Obviously, we know that Kaufman suppresses power. Um, it's not a great spot to be. But he is, uh, you know, he is a true center fielder who's going to play every day, who gives you the – who we know he has enough speed to steal some bases – and maybe he's grown into power. So, like, if you're rushing out and picking up Bubba Thompson, why aren't you picking up Drew Waters? I mean, he doesn't have the same speed, but he has way more guaranteed playing time. That's true. That's a great point. A really good point there. Because, yeah, Bubba Thompson's that that name that everyone's talking about. And if you need steals, I can get it. But there's a lot of other question marks there. So, yeah, Drew Waters would be interesting to see. Like you said, he's called up. They're going to let him play. Let's see what he's got. Uh, Sal Frelick, I think. Freelick, Frelick. Don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Of the Milwaukee Freelick. Freelick, there you go. Of the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, he's playing pretty well. Seven homers in uh AAA this year, or double A and triple A combined, 17 stolen bases, hitting 333, which is very impressive. And you got a Brewers team that we know suffers from a lot of old old guy injuries in the outfield. So there might be an opening at some point in time. So what do you see on Freelick? Yeah. Um it would be an aggressive promotion if we didn't see the Braves already do it with Michael Harris and Vaughn Grissom and have it work out. Um, you know, Freelich is 22. He's only played 18 games at AAA. Um, but, you know, in those 18 games, he's hitting 435. Um, he's got a 12% walk rate and a 7% strikeout rate. So if there's anything that makes the Brewers, who are in a playoff race, and currently starting Tyrone Taylor in center field, who I know he's been a fantasy darling at times, but the performance hasn't been there. So if you're a team looking for a jolt, um, and you know right now they they need a jolt. I mean, they've been passed uh, by the Cardinals, and I, I can't see them catching back up in the Central. So you're talking about a wild card spot. You know, why not take a shot on your former first round pick who's 22 years old and looking pretty good in AAA? Um, and see if if he can make it stick at the major league level. Um, you know, we talked about Drew Waters in the last 30 days. You know, Freelick is fifth in the International League in AAA with a 
1.049 OPS. Uh, he has a 513 on base percentage and a 536 slugging percentage. Uh, he happens to have no home runs over that span, but like he's very clearly hitting the ball with authority. Um, and he has double digit steals on the season. So in, a, in, and he would come up in a hitter's park. So I, I don't know. I mean, if you're, if you have a deep enough bench that you can stash, he might be a speculative ad. Otherwise he's a guy that like, just keep an eye on it, right? Put him on the watch list. Look for any indication that he might be getting called up. I like that. Cause that's a name that was not on my radar at all. Again, not a major prospect guy, but I've heard of some of these other guys, never heard of him, but that's a good, good pull because they do need help out there. Taylor was great earlier in the year, but definitely has fizzled out of late. And uh, you never, you wouldn't be shocked if Renfro or McCutcheon went on the IL at any moment. So Definitely openings there and, and potential openings for Milwaukee. I like that call quite a bit. Well, Eric gave me a name this morning in Cade Cavalli. And then maybe an hour later, there was a tweet out that he's getting called up. And he's making his debut on Friday for the Washington mm-hmm. Nationals. This is a big one. Big, big pitcher, 24-year-old for the Nats. Um, he's got 104 Ks and 97 innings this year, 371 ERA. Has looked the part, as they say for a potential prospect. So what do you got on Kate Cavalli? Because uh, uh, this could be one of those guys that we get to see a nice, you know, couple five inning starts out of down the stretch here. Yeah. Um, you know, this is uh, in the reliever recon um, message, you know, chat I have uh, with the other guys at reliever recon, Greg Jewett um, and Nate and Dom and, and Aaron. Um, we've been talking about Kate Cavalli for a while because he looked really good in the spring and I was kind of obsessed. Um, and obviously it's a long way from the spring. He didn't make it out of camp. Um, but he's a big time prospect for them. Uh, he's really turned it around, uh, or really turned it on of late, you know, over the last five starts, he's got a two Oh eight ERA 30 strikeouts in 26 innings. He has 12 walks. So, you know, there is a little bit of concern with the, with the walk rate. Um, and we have seen some guys like Nick Lodolo who are not big walk guys in the minors come up and walk hitters at the major league level because major league hitters are just way more patient. And they're not going to swing as you're nibbling around the outside of the plate. Um, but this is a legitimate, like, top-tier pitching prospect. Um, he's one of the better pitching prospects in baseball. Um, you know, he can run it up to 98, 99. Um, he'll live in in the mid-90s. But he legit he throws legitimately five pitches with the four-seam, the two-seam, change-up, curveball, slider. Um, so he can mix and, and match like that. Um, so I, I think you should be you should be excited by him as a talent, and then you have to keep in mind he plays for the Nationals. He's <laughs> not going to get go. he's not going to get many wins. We just talked about the fact that he has a little bit of a walk issue, um, you know. So you might see some some rough starts. So sure, add him, but like you know, don't expect this isn't a Dustin May type of ad yeah. where you're like, oh my god, now I'm getting a, a potential ace on a good team. It's not that. Yeah, and it's one of those also like um, we've had it in years past with arms like this where you'll get some of those big strikeout games, but there's also some you know whip issues like you said potentially walks. Uh, they they might not go deep into the game because they want to get in some major league run, but they're not wanting to like get too many innings out of them type thing, kind of save them for the future. That's kind of a mixed bag. Um, so yeah, tread lightly is probably the right way, like you said. But he's a legit arm as you mentioned as well. So there is some definite upside there on a bad team. And then again, the Nats. They let Josiah Gray go wild last year when I thought they'd kind mm-hmm. of temper him down. So maybe they let Cavalli go for the rest of the season. As uh, Maybe there's a different team. We'll see how that one plays out. The last arm we have here, Javier Assad. He made his uh, debut 
on Tuesday. First game of the doubleheader between the Cardinals, four shutout innings. They'd have four walks with three strikeouts, so that's uh, not the greatest of things, but pitched great in the minors, 111 Ks, 108 innings, 266 ERA between double-A and triple-A. So what do you have on Assad? Because he might find a way. He might have just been a, a, a doubleheader call-up, but he also could find his way into a rotation that could use some more help. Yeah, this is the beauty of scanning the leaderboards, is you and I talked about it. I, I'll admit I had no idea who he was until I was looking at minor league leaderboards and saw basically over the last month that he was absolutely crushing and then looked and saw, okay, it's really not over the last month. It's over this whole season. Um, you know, he's a guy who, if you watched the broadcast of the start on Tuesday, he added significant velocity. He was a low 90s guy. Now he's touching 96. He was sitting like 93, 94 for that start. Um, he also added a cutter. So you've got added velocity, new pitch, and you've seen a major jump in production. Um, if you watch the start, you know, going back to the Cade Cavalli comment, he nibbled a lot and the Cardinals were just like, I'm not swinging at this. I'm not chasing your cutter two inches off the outside of the plate. And so he walked four guys. It wasn't an outing where you look at the box score and you're thinking, oh man, but I saw a 96 with a, with a four seam. I saw 92 on a, a two seam slash sinker that like ran in well on, on righties. I saw a cutter that was 88 and a slider that was 81 that worked pretty well together and, and fooled some of the right-handed batters on the Cardinals. Um, so yeah, I'm intrigued. Uh, I am not like running out and adding in all leagues. I would probably add him in 15s. Um, mm -hmm. It seems like he he should be locked in the rotation. Like Luke Farrell is starting today. He, yeah, he should I, be I don't, over Luke Farrell. He yeah. should be over Luke Farrell. <laughs> so he should be he should be in the rotation. Um, so I would add in 15s, and I would keep him. You know, keep my eye on him in 12s. Um, as a, as a spot start, I don't think you're going to, he's going to win you a league, but if you're getting a Cubs matchup against the pirates or, you know, uh, one of the, the weaker national league teams, um, this, he, he could, you know, help you out. Yeah, no, that's the beauty of the NL central. Usually we pick on the Cubs, but there's other teams that are bad there too. So you could do that. You know, the Cubs, we wouldn't be surprised if they went six man rotation down the stretch because it's so bad. Uh, there's lots of ways they could find a spot for him if they want to get him some time as well. So I love any any prospect or any pitcher that's got strikeout upside. They move way up my uh, my fab mm -hmm. list for me because I want that appeal. If they're going to kind of maybe maybe sting me in other categories, go get me the strikeouts. He's got that. So very intrigued to see where that goes uh, going forward with Assad. All right, let's talk about some guys that have uh, had some great second halves of the season or past months of the season, whichever sample sizes we want to use. Um, to, to just basically get to the point of these guys are tearing it up. Is it sustainable for the stretch run? Should we be adding them in fab? So on and so forth. And we'll start with Lars Newtbar, who's been one of the most added players over the last week. And I was suspect the first few weeks, worried about Juan Yepes and all these guys, but Newtbar's playing every day. He leads off first right. He's hits ninth first lefty. So he's in the lineup every day. He's hitting over 300 in the month of August. And his OBP skills are next level good it's crazy how good they are so he's getting on and scoring for the likes of goldie and arenado so what's your thoughts on what we've seen with lars newbar it's a you know the cardinals always have a crowded outfield but right now it's going to be tough to to get him out of the way yeah you know 
I was on Nupar because Eno Saris has been talking about him for a while, actually. Um, and if you listen to to that podcast, you know, Eno was talking a lot about the swing changes um, at the minor league level. And everybody was kind of laughing because, like, it's Lars Nupar. Why are we Why are we talking about Lars Nupar? But the reality is that, like, the production, as you mentioned, has been there. Um, not only a 302 average in the month of August, but, uh, you know, 1.014 OPS. Uh, you know, he has, he, he only has a 10% swinging strike rate in August. He's making good contact. Uh, it's the Cardinals. So I don't know how long he's going to play, but, but why not? I mean, you know, I'm not adding him thinking I'm getting a future star. Um, and all of a sudden, and he's going to carry my team, but I want guys hitting in prominent spots of the lineup in good offenses um, and if you're going to tell me I can get a guy hitting in front of Goldie and, and Nolan Arenado who doesn't strike out a lot and gets on base, well, sure. You know, I, yeah. runs runs are a category two, and, and they matter. Um, and if you need runs, why not? Why not add a guy like that? Yeah, I'm with you. He's got, he scored 15 runs in August alone, which is pretty darn impressive. I love the 22% walk rate. But it's, it's one of those things. He's not just a batting average guy like we were talking about. He had a 254 ISO over that stretch. So he's, he's making good contact, a 1.014 OPS in August, which is very promising. So when he does put the, you know, 13% barrel rate, 40, almost 44% hard hit rate. So he's very patient at the plate, but when he swings, he's swinging at, he's swinging it well, which is great to see from this guy. You mentioned the swing changes potentially in the minor leagues that he made. It's definitely showcasing. So I'm a believer now. Like I was just timid because I didn't know what the Cardinals would do with Yepes because Yepes is that power bat. But for now, it looks like they're going to trust Newbar, which is great to see. O'Neill kind of has been struggling, so maybe O'Neill yeah. and Yepes they platoon or something. I don't, I don't know what what they would do, but uh, it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, no, they sent. I know they sent Yepes down to. They activated him and sent him down to AAA, um, and it might just be a situation where like Newbar plays better defense, um, yeah. and we know that matters to the Cardinals, unlike True. you know teams like the Phillies. Um, so you know they might just say. We have a pretty good offense. The drop off from Yepes to Newt Bar in terms of straight offensive production is maybe not enough to make us keep wanting to put Juan Yepes in right field over Newt Bar. True, 100% true. So let's uh, hope it keeps playing out that way. The Oakland Athletics, they called up one of their top catching prospects last week in Shea Langoliers, and it's been great to see because he either DHs or catches every day. Why Sean Murphy still DHs or catches? They're both in the lineup. That kind of shows you right out the gate how much Oakland loves Langoliers' bat. Uh, he has six extra base hits to start the year, including a home run. Does strike out a lot, 43% K rate to start the uh, his, his new run in the bigs. But a lot of power, decent batting average in the minors this year. It's a mixed bag. You hate seeing the swing and, sw- swing and miss that he brings to the table. But he's another one of those guys, when he hits it, he hits it hard. And at a catcher's position, he seems kind of formidable for now, but there is concerns. What's your thoughts on Langoliers? I think – We'll keep it simple. I mean, two catcher league, absolutely. One catcher league, it's going to be a no for me. Yeah. Um, I I think there's too much swing and miss, um, and the the team context is not good enough for me to roster in a one catch for me to start him in a one catcher league. Um, but in a two catcher league, I mean, real, realistically, you're adding anybody with a pulse, but he's going to get at bats every day, and that's what you want. Um, you know, I think if you are really like if you if batting average is really precious to you and your standings right now 
maybe, you know, even though he's hitting 270, you know, a 43% strikeout rate worries me if I really care about batting average. If it's the if it's the difference between me winning my league or not, I might look in a different direction in a two catcher league. But that's you're you're splitting hairs at this point. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. Like two catcher leagues, he's a great ad, and there's been a lot of streamable catchers of late. But it's it's a really good spot. But um, yeah, I'm with you 100 on the other the flip side. One catcher, no, because that swing and miss. As much as I like what he's doing, it just you could see a massive slump coming that direction when you see something like that. And then it, then it, then he might even get sent down. So let's kind of wait and see how that one plays out. We and also I pr- can I yeah. can I interrupt you for a second? Yeah. Did you see the Did you see the Red Sox starting lineup for tonight? Well, I know uh, what I read this morning was Bogarts was going to be out. Um, yeah. Did who you, else do you see who they have? Game? Do you see who they have starting at shortstop because Bogarts is out? No, who is it? It's Bobby Dahlbeck. Oh my! Is this slow pitch softball? <laughs> I was like, I, was I like, played, did, I played shortstop once in a while John, in softball. Did John Legaza, did John Legaza write in the Red Sox lineup? <laughs> yeah, that's on? that's a big John move right there. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's so all you Yahoo players now have shortstop eligibility for Dahlbeck probably because there's a lot of those one game rules, like stupid rules. But oh, that's hilarious! Out of all, like they couldn't put Christian Arroyo there. Like the dude grew up playing shortstop. But you didn't put Kike at second. Like, come on, this is how. Can I build your lineup for you, Boston? This is like, who, who's who's pitching for them tonight? Um. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I can't remember who's pitching um, for them, but yeah, I feel sorry I, for oh, him. Oh, it's uh, it's uh, that's and that's what's worse. It's um, Bayo. It's the oh rookie. god, the dude's had so much control <laughs> issues. So now he's gonna probably try to pitch to contact. Now he's got Dahlback playing start stuff. Oh mm. man. So oh, poor, yeah, poor Tristan Casas will be up at some yeah. point in time because this <laughs> exactly. this team exactly. is uh, not competed. Yeah. Holy crikeys! I can't wait to see the rest of that. Wow, that's impressive. Impressive stuff. All right, um, let's go back to. I'm just blown away by Bobby Dahlbeck playing <laughs> shortstop. That I, I, I have to tune in now. I, I want to watch this. Um, let's go back to the Atlanta Braves here. Vaughn Grissom got called up a few weeks ago. Everyone was pumped, partly because they saw what happened with Michael Harris coming from Double A to, trip to the big, so they trust the the Red Sox or the Braves. So you got Red Sox on my brain. The Braves, and um, you look at what Grissom did in the minors: power, speed, average, had it all. The dude's been crushing. He's hit safely in all but two games since he's been called up. He's hitting 420 with three home runs, two stolen bases, has scored 14 runs, driven in 10. Like, obviously, this isn't sustainable, 
but right. the good production still is like you can believe the production's pretty good the question was could he stick well i think you could put him over arcia whenever he comes back and right mm-hmm. now um Albies is kind of working back. He's getting closer to a rehab assignment. That's what was reported an hour ago. That still doesn't mean there couldn't be a setback. Look at you, Wander Franco. So Von Grissom looks like he's pretty much locked in somewhere on this team for the rest of the season. What's your thoughts on him? Yeah, I mean, uh, Jesus. Uh, you know, I I, had, I was very tepid in my fab bidding just because I, I wasn't sure what to expect. Um Unlike Langoliers, I mean, you're looking at a 16.7% strikeout rate and just a 13.9% swing strike rate to start the year. Uh, the walk rate is actually up in the majors from the minors. Uh, he makes really good contact. He doesn't strike out. Um, so I think there's a lot to like. I don't expect, I mean, he's rocking a 27% home run to fly ball rate. He only has his hitting 27% fly balls at the major league level. And even in the minor leagues, he was hitting 31% fly balls. He's like a 47% ground ball guy. So I, I don't think you're, you should expect massive power output. He just doesn't hit the ball in the air that much. Um, and, you know, his hard contact at the major league level right now is 39%. So he's not crushing the ball from like an exit velocity, launch angle, yada 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 stat cast everything perspective um but again good hitter gonna make a lot of contact in a good lineup mm-hmm. you know with with speed to string together stolen bases he could still you know get a lot of counting stats even if this like early power production doesn't carry over so i, I really like it i mean if he's available in, in a league you're in where people didn't jump on it early um go for it and, you know, if if somebody is if he I could also see him getting dropped if like Albies comes back and he doesn't start maybe like one, two, three games and somebody just gets, you know, short bench. I don't have I don't have room for a part time player drops him. Um, and I just keep an eye on that because, you know, there are outfield spots uh, open for the Braves. Um, he is not an outfielder, but there is there's some rejiggering that could be done in the lineup, you know, to get him at bats. Definitely ways they could fix things like, heck, they might just say, Albies, I want you to DH while you're still kind mm-hmm. of getting back to normal. Like there's a lot of ways to make that one work with that team. And they need all the offense they can get. They're still trying to make a push to the Mets. They're going to mo- mo- more than likely win a wild card spot, but they want that. Uh, they want that division. They want to repeat. They want to do that kind of stuff. So it will be very interesting to see how that one all plays out. Um, Bryson Stott. This is one I even tweeted it out like tongue in cheek. I've I always joke I wish there was a sarcastic font so people knew I was kidding about <laughs> things. But like you know, it started out with draft season. Everybody wanted Bryson Stott. Didn't work out so well. Then he like he gets called back up. Everyone starts adding him again. Didn't work out so well. Third time's a charm, as they say. As Bryson Stott is producing since the All Star break, hitting three oh five with ten extra base hits, including two homers, four stolen bases. Impressively to me, only striking out twelve and a half percent of the time. So he's showing some really good plate skills. He's let off once in a while. He's hitting all over the lineup. But mm-hmm. he's really producing for the Phillies on a level that I think fantasy managers were kind of hoping for at one point in time. Are we finally getting the Bryson Stott that people thought we would get maybe, uh, you know, at the beginning of the season? Yeah. Uh, and this, you know, this is that old adage that so many people say about prospect growth not being linear. Um, prospect growth is not linear. And this is a, he was a, even though people didn't know his name, 
right? This is a former first round pick in the Phillies organization. Yes, he's not talked about in the way that people talk about, like, you know, the Gunnar Hendersons and Corbin Carrolls of the world. But for the Phillies, he was a big time prospect for them. Um, and he had been a 300 hitter at like every stop in his minor league career. So the fact that he is still just at, at 228 on the year, which says a lot about how bad the early part of the year was, like that has never been who he was. It's going to take some time for him to adjust. Uh, the strikeout rate has plummeted. It's at 14% over the last six weeks. Like he's making consistent contact. He's hitting in a good lineup. Um, you know, barrel rate's not great. He's not going to give you like massive power numbers. Um, you know, he will chip in steals, like seven steals. There's nothing to get upset about, but he's not a speed guy. But he's just a solid hitter. If you need runs, you need, you know, batting average. Like, I think that this is a legitimate option for you. But again, we're at this time of year. You, you've you kind of banged the drum on this and everything you do about looking at categories. Um, you know, you might need home runs. You might need stolen bases. Bryson Stott might not be the guy for you, but he's the guy for somebody. Yep. And that's, that's the, that's the biggest thing right now is it's not just getting the best available player at all times. You might actually need like the seventh best available player. Cause that's more what your right. team needs type thing. So, and again, that's where Eric's Sunday article helps out a lot. Cause it's like, okay, this guy kicked butt and stolen bases the last, like where you wouldn't even have thought about it type thing. Like I guarantee you, I don't think I have him. No, I don't have him on the list. I have the Rotoball article. I'm working on it. I have him. <laughs> um, Josh Rojas has 10 stolen bases since the all-star break guarantee mm-hmm. you. Most people would have lost that bet. If you said, uh, does Josh Rojas have 10 or more stolen bases since the all-star break? But those are the little things that you can get out of Eric's article and looking at leaderboards and other things like that, that Josh Rojas would help your team out a lot more, even though his average stinks compared to Bryson Stott and stuff like that, where you, you can look at those scenarios. So it, it definitely changes. And even Bubba Thompson, we joked about it earlier. He's not going to help you in a lot of categories, but if you need steals, he's going to probably get two to three a week right now and that's going right. to add up in a hurry so just kind of depends on what you're looking for there another guy that might steal some bags if corbin carroll doesn't take his job as we mentioned is uh <laughs> jake mccarthy and this is a trippy one because i kind of ignored it for a while i'm like oh, alec thomas and you look at alec thomas's number and they ain't good over the last while like definitely a uh, suspect to a drop but uh, mccarthy since the all-star break hitting 320 with a home run eight stolen bases which is big 15 runs scored 14 rbis not a ton of power, 103 ISO, but gets on base with a 10% walk rate, good average, and he runs and runs a lot. So this is an interesting, probably deeper league move, but what's your thoughts on Jake McCarthy? Yeah, um, you know, it's funny. We, we joked about uh, Big John Legaza, but when he was on the catcher's corner, I, we talked about Jake McCarthy as a potential waiver ad because he was going to get what seemed to be everyday playing time um, in Arizona. And, you know, Five home runs and 11 stolen bases um, at AAA this year with a, with a 369 batting average obviously caught people's attention. Um, batting average, chip and stolen bases, you know, broken record here, doesn't strike out a lot. Um, you know, he has a 21% strikeout rate currently overall in the majors, but it's 14%, you know, since the middle of July. So this is a guy who's going to get on base. He's going to chip in some steals. Unfortunately, unlike Bryson Stott, his lineup isn't as good for runs and RBI context um, if you're not getting, you know, power, but he has more stolen bases. So, you know, I, I have him in a few batting average leagues because there's really nothing, 
you know, and over the last, you know, few weeks, as you mentioned, like I'm getting a 300 batting average and double digit steals. Like I'm, I'm loving the addition of Jake McCarthy, even if it's really just kind of rooted in those two categories at this point. Yeah. hundred percent. It's just like, it's that time of the year loaded up. Like I wouldn't have been in on Jake McCarthy at all, but I now have him in a couple 12ers where I need that average help. And he's like, I say, he scored 15 runs too from the, since the break. And he's not even at the top of the order. Like imagine if they mm-hmm. do get rid of Alec Thomas and they move him up in the order or something, you know, it's not a world beater lineup, but Christian Walker's no joke. You got, you got some options there. So it's an interesting thing going on there. Like if you're an Arizona Diamondbacks fan, this isn't fantasy related, but I know it's frustrating there is some youth to like there. Like it's, it's kind of yeah. coming around. You need to figure out pitching, but you got a lot of offense. And even in the draft recently, like you're loading up on bats. Just got to figure out right. that pitching staff and uh, they might be better than they think pretty soon. It's going to be interesting. And I'll just say if, if he's available in your league, um, you know, they get, they get um, Philadelphia next week. Um, and it's, well, no actually, it's it's chance? no it's no it's Nola it's Nola <laughs> and Wheeler, unfortunately. Damn. <laughs> um, but you know they 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 so it's not as exciting as I thought. Um, but they they do get they do get to go to Colorado in two weeks. Um, so he's he's been pretty good. I still would start him regardless. But he's a guy where it's like you know if you need a, if you want to throw a one dollar outfielder on your bench or if nobody's bidding on him in your league and you're playing for two weeks ahead and you get three games of Colorado like you know we're always chasing that stuff. Yeah, those are difference makers this time of the year. Like always look look I I appreciate all the time. Look ahead on the schedule. Always look ahead because you can guys a lot cheaper and then see what happens. Uh, JJ Blade. This is an interesting one. Big time prospect with the with the Marlins. Um, in the minors this year is kind of a mixed bag, 20 home runs, but, uh, only hit 228. You know, you see a 27% K rate, but did walk 16%. So it's kind of like, okay, some good, some bad with JJ got called up right after the all-star break. He's hitting 204, four home runs though, three stolen bases, which is nice to see still walking decent, still striking out a lot. So it's kind of a, an odd situation there with Blade and he's, you know, barrel rate, 10% hard hit 40. It's not horrible, but not great. I, I still want to believe in the guy, but there's still some question marks to be had. So what do you got on JJ Bleday? Yeah. Um, I guess I might be more interested in the, in subsequent years and maybe not so much this, unless again, all you really want are home runs. If you're chasing home runs, um, he does have pop. Um, he does hit the ball in the air a lot. Uh, you know, eight, 8.7% barrel rate in the month of August. Solid. Um, so you, you, he's going to run into some home runs. Um, and you know, well, you mentioned that the swinging strike rate isn't as bad as a guy like Langoliers and the walk rate is there. He has a good sense of the strike zone. There's just a lot of swing and miss on an offense that really seems just like uninspired of late, um, in a pitcher's park. Right. So it's not something where I'm like, I really need to run out and get JJ Blade. Um, so yeah, I guess I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm I'm tepid on him right now. Yeah, like I do that uh, deeper hitters fab on Friday night, Saturday mornings, and I've wanted to write him up every week. And I look at him like I can't recommend him. Like it's just it's just it's not it's really. Tough. Yeah, it's like I, I see the appeal, and I wouldn't be shocked if one week he just tears it up for a week. But it's like then he probably goes over twelve with ten strikeouts the next week, and it wouldn't surprise yeah. me either. So it's a it's a mixed bag with him that I guys kind of. And you mentioned that hitters ballpark bad team which is like a, a line of problems right and he's not particularly good against lefties either yeah, so yeah um, 
So yeah, it's just it. He's kind of a platoon bat. Um, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not super excited. Uh, you know, next week he start he starts the week off with against McClanahan and and Rasmussen. Um, I yeah, I'm not super excited about that. <laughs> um, you know, so I don't know. And then he goes to Atlanta, and who knows who uh, Atlanta will probably throw like it's free. freed or something. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, no fun, no fun. Yeah, he gets uh, Morton, Morton, Odorizzi, and Freed. Jeez, yeah, no, Odorizzi, it's your best matchup. So in a daily league, you can play him once next week. Enjoy. Right. Um, my goodness, let's stick with the Marlins, though. Edward Cabrera, this guy, you know, last year we were we were hyped for him, then he got injuries, and this year we were hyped for him, then he got hurt again, but he's been back. He's made four starts since August 5th. He has not allowed a run in his 22 and two-thirds innings, picked up two wins. He has struck out 28, but he's walked 10. That's the bugaboo with uh, Edward Cabrera, a 12% walk rate, 33% K rate, still good for an, a very nice 21.4% K to walk. But um, in this last start, I was very impressed with him. I don't know if you saw it, but first inning, two walks, gets in trouble, gets out of it, and throws seven more shutout after. Like, he really surprised me. But uh, what's your thoughts on Cabrera? Elite stuff, but control is an issue. Um, Yeah, I, I just am a sucker for those guys. You know, like, I, I really like – the guys with, with that where you watch them and it's hard as you just watch a guy and you're like, damn, like, you know, that pitch is so nasty. The way that moves is ridiculous. That arsenal of stuff. I mean, he has three pitches that have over 17% swing strike rates since he's been back in August in the change up the slider and the curveball. And that's not even the fastball that he like runs up in the mid to high nineties, the fastball, the, the 90 something mile an hour fastball is his worst pitch. Like I, you know, this is a guy who I think there's so much potential in, and I think this is the guy you take gam- you take gambles on, right? Like I'm not going to start him. They, he gets the Dodgers this weekend. I'm not going to start him. Yep. Is it going to bite me in the ass? Maybe, but, Maybe. Uh, but I'll keep him on my roster yep. because it, a guy who can do that uh, is, is absolutely worth being on your team. Yeah, I'm with you. I love I love everything about him. There are some risky situations. Uh, just for fun, would you rather have Cabrera or potentially Cade Cavalli? Cabrera. Cabrera. Well, I'll wait till we ask some more guys because <laughs> if if you have him over Cavalli, you definitely have him over Assad. So that's easy. Yes, for sure. Um, yeah. Let's talk Ranger Suarez. This guy took the second half of last season by storm. Was amazing. Couldn't give up a run. It felt like. Uh, and then this year, not the best start to things. Kind of got put to the bullpen for a bit and some. Didn't really go to the bullpen, but it felt like he went to the oh, – he, oh, he did go to the bullpen for a very brief spin, but not much. Mm-hmm. Still has made 22 starts. Uh, strikeouts have improved of late. His overall production, he's allowed uh, three runs or less in every start since uh, July 16th. So that's been a big plus as well. Are you believing that we've seen some good changes from Suarez or it's just a, a good run for Suarez? Um, we've seen some legitimate changes. Um, and we've seen legitimate changes – in his pitch mix as well. Um, so it's not just production. Uh, I, you know, write an article series at the beginning of the year, focusing on pitches with new pitches and, and whether we should care uh, as uh, fantasy managers. And so I transitioned that during the year to um, pitchers who change their pitch mix. And thanks to, you know, John Anderson at Rotoballer um, was able to look at um he put together a document for me where I can actually analyze pitcher pitch mix changes. 
Um, and Ranger Suarez is throwing a cutter way more often. Um, it's becoming it it to me like especially as a lefty against right-handed pitching. Um, you know th- that is a, a crucial pitch because it enables him to um, to kind of neutralize right-handed bats a little bit. Uh, I'm pulling up the monthly breakdown right now. Um, you know he's now throwing a cutter 16% of the time. He didn't even introduce the cutter until the end of May. Um, it's now his you know third most used pitch. He's started to bring the sinker down. Um, you know, and the cutter is. Uh, it, he, so he's in, throwing the changeup and the cutter a lot more. I like the pairing of those two pitches a lot more. Uh, the cutter on the year is allowing just a 219 XBA. Um, so it's just a good pitch to reduce hard contact. He's never been a major swing and miss guy, but I just think this makes him a better pitcher because it makes him more effective against righties, and that's crucial for him. Yeah, no doubt about it. I, I love that we've seen. He helped me a ton last year. I know I, I didn't draft him everywhere this year, but I had a lot of them. It was tough early. It was tough. But I love seeing what we're seeing now from him. If he's available, I'd grab him in a heartbeat. A lot of places mm-hmm. grabbed him up the past week or two. But uh, smaller leagues, shallower leagues, he'll still be available. I think there's a, a nice little set, a little finish to the season coming up for Ranger Suarez. We might not need a lot of discussion here. I just had to bring him up because this is my guy. And he, Hey, he's been this good lately. Like I can't, I can't ignore it, and it's just great watching the Yankees cringe as well. <laughs> but uh, Jordan Montgomery, for some unexplicit reason, got traded from the Yankees for Harrison Bader. I guess they wanted more defense in center field, which they need, but mm-hmm. still silly to trade an ace like uh, Montgomery. And those that don't know, I'm half kidding. Um, he's been great with the Cardinals. He's made four starts. He's gone at least five innings in each start. He's allowed one total run, one total run. In 25 and two-thirds innings, he has 24K, seven or more in three straight. And that's the big thing because I've obviously rostered him all year. Strikeouts were kind of hit and miss from start to start, which was kind of frustrating. And the length of games were tough with the Yankees and the wins. He has four wins and four starts with the St. Louis Cardinals. What do you got on Jomo if, if, you, if you got anything at all? We could really move on. I just had to bring it up. <laughs> yeah, I'll just only mention that, you know, Sammy Ackley, my co-host on the Catcher's Corner, is a big Yankees fan. We're on a text chat um, with some other Yankees fans, and they hate it. They hate it. And Sammy's a big, just like, fire Cashman every time Montgomery pitches. Um, you know, so, yeah, I'm fully with you on it. I had a lot of shares early on. It didn't pan out. Um, and, you know, he the Yankees never really pushed him that deep into games. Um, and... You know, part of it was also the defense they put behind him. The Cardinals have a great defense. Um, it's helping him, you know, get late into games without throwing a ton of pitches. He's looked great. Um, I don't. He's probably not available in your league, but if he is, you should add him. <laughs> yeah, I just had to bring him up. That was my little like uh, nugget to the podcast that um, I like a lot of these guys, but this dude's been a beast since getting traded. And I would love, you know, we always joke around about players and you know politicians, whoever, like on the big stage of life. Like, I can't wait till they write their memoir someday. <laughs> in Cashman's, or if, you know, they make a 30 for 30, what was going through your brain? I just want to know why that trade happened. Like, when you can be honest about it, because there's no repercussions, I want to know what the thought process was. <laughs> and maybe for he's sure. got one. I don't know. I just want to know what were that, out of all the guys to trade. All of them. Uh, Johnny Cueto. This is one I wanted to bring up because I think I know where this is going, but I wanted to let people know that have waiver wire ads coming up this weekend about our discussion here. Because since the All-Star break, you know, Johnny's been good. Six innings or more in all six starts, seven or more innings and five of six. 
Um, he's allowed three in runs or less in each one, 2-2-2 ERA, 4-6-2 XFIP. But the big kicker for me, and it's a big no-no in my world, 15 strikeouts in 44 and two-thirds innings. That's a 3.02K per nine, which is dreadful, an 8.4% K rate. That's a lot of balls in play, Eric, a lot. So um, what do you got for Johnny Cueto for those that might be looking to add him this weekend? Just don't do it. (laughs) It's really simple. Just don't do it. See, I could I couldn't um, throw all the players in like, yeah, you got to go add these guys. You got to go add them. Yeah. I had to throw some. No, listen. There. Yeah, listen. You're going to look at a 222 ERA in the second half of the season, and somebody's going to try to add him. Uh, mm-hmm. Just don't. I mean, that comes with a 462 XFIP. Um, if you look at like he has one pitch that gets a swinging strike rate over 8%, and somehow it's his fastball whatever i mean uh, he just doesn't have an arsenal right now that's missing bats at all um he's just not giving up a lot of hard contact like i'll I'll tip my hat to him on that the majority of his pitches um with the exception of a of the slider have a barrel rate of like three percent um i just if it sustains the rest of the season i'll tip my hat good for him um, I just cannot hitch my wagon to a guy who doesn't have any actual good pitches and is giving up a lot of contact. And I hope that it's just not hard contact. Yeah, no, he's he, what he's doing right now is he is an old man that is pitching. And that's right. what he's doing. He's pitching. And for those that know baseball, know what I mean there. He's not throwing. He's not trying to strike out. He's literally just trying to get through as many innings as possible. That's what he's doing. He's trying to like he's trying to pitch the contact, but like you said, limit the contact. That's that's what he's trying to do. He knows he can't blow it by guys. So um, it, I like seeing Johnny. Johnny's fun for baseball, but if, if you play DFS, I would stack against him almost every single time because the, the big one's coming. The big one is coming, and it's not going to be pretty. Uh, a couple more here. Drew Smiley. Uh, a lot of people hear the name Drew Smiley, and some laugh, some don't. Dude's been good uh, since the All Star break. He's made six starts. Uh, two run runs or less in five of six. He had one blow up against the Giants of all teams, of course. Um, strikeouts have been better than expected, four, four or more in each start, but a little better than that. 23.5% K rate, 18.4% K to walk since the break. Um, pitched well in his first game of a two-step against the uh, Cardinals this week. So what do you got on Drew Smiley? This looks like a guy that might have some uh, viability going down the stretch. Yeah, and he basically has just become a two-pitch pitcher. Like since June, he's basically just said, I'm throwing my sinker and I'm throwing my curve. Uh, in August so far, he's thrown his his sinker 46.6% of his time and his curve 43.6% of his time. So like even if you're not good at math, you can understand that that leaves, out of 100%, that leaves very little percentage left. Um, and good for him. The sinker has a 14% swinging strike rate since July 1st. And the curveball has a 17% swinging strike rate since July 1st. Uh, so he basically is like, these are my two good pitches. I'm just going to throw these pitches all the time. Um, as a lefty, you know, the sinker um, the sinker curve combo is pretty good against um, left-handed pitching. And, you know, he just manipulates the curve well in the zone that, like, I know we think of a left-handed curve coming into a righty and, like, that being a meatball pitch. Uh, but he's had success with it. He it's a, it's a good pitch for him. He moves it around the strike zone. So yeah, um, this is a guy who you know we've always kind of been like, if he's healthy, mm-hmm. he can be good, um, and he's gonna get run with the Cubs. 
So, you know, I'm, I'm, I've, I've picked him up a few places for, for streaming opportunities um, and, you know, might hold him. Uh, You know, I'm not, I'm like really hesitant about he starts Saturday against Milwaukee. um, And then he gets the Cardinals next week on Sunday. Oh, sorry, on Friday. So it's like, those aren't the best matchups. Um, But, you know, I might run him out there against the Cardinals. I'm really worried about Arenado and Goldschmidt, but I guess that's kind of it. Yeah, I'd run him against Milwaukee. They've been atrocious versus lefties of late, like a 32% K rate or something. Fair. Um, I'd roll the dice there. Like anything can happen. It's baseball. But um, I'd roll the dice there. The Cardinals one, I'm with you because I I added him in a lot of places this week for the two-step and just what he's been doing. It'll be an interesting decision on Sunday night. Like do I roll the dice and go for another option somewhere else? We'll see. But let's talk about his um, his uh, his teammate, Justin Steele, who I've been all over for a while now. Um, he's pitched great even before the All-Star break, but I'm trying to keep a window here. So from July 22nd on, most of the time he's giving you five innings. Not all the time because they do watch his pitch count with the Cubs. But um, it's two earned runs or less in every start, 41 Ks and 31 in the third innings, 0.86 ERA. Uh, he's been very effective, and a lot of that's been pitch mix change as well, which you'll probably have for us. So uh, what do you got on Justin Steele, who outside of them limiting his innings potentially has been very, very good? Yeah, I, I I didn't see it coming. You know, he was a reliever for most of the year with the Cubs. Um, and that was, I mean, he was a starter in the minors. But I mean, as, as a major leaguer last year, he was a reliever. Um, and I just didn't pay attention to like, this is a guy with a good minor league track record. Um, and you mentioned the pitch mix change. He has really upped his slider usage um, since the, the the middle of June. So over that sample that you're talking about from July on, he's basically been like 57% four-seam fastball and 35% um, uh, slider. So again, you know, that's a little harder math because you have to carry the ones and stuff like that. But you're you're looking at basically like low 90 percentage-wise of just two pitches. Um, And, you know that works when you have other pitches, right? Like, you know, I was, I was anti Oscar, you last year because he threw two pitches and he did relatively well um, until he got hurt. But like Justin Steele has a sinker. He has a changeup. Um, you know, he has a curveball. He's mixed those things in enough that like, as long as you keep hitters guessing, you know, throwing, throwing a changeup or a sinker, eight percent of the time it's at least in my head when i'm going up to bat i'm looking for your two main pitches but if i know that you can sprinkle something else in it's harder to just lock in on that one thing or that those two things and the pitches have been good i mean he's got a 15 and a half percent swinging strike rate on the slider since july 1st like it's a legitimate swing and miss pitch um, so yeah, I, I like Justin Steele. I like him more than Drew Smiley, I would say, of the two. I'm with you hundred percent. Like Smiley might get the longer run uh just based on innings, but I'm with you. Steele's the better pitcher to me. I'm very excited what we've seen there. And it is weird. Like I don't we don't need to go out on this rabbit hole, but you mentioned the sinker. We used to always joke about sinkers like not being a very good pitch and this, that, and the other, and I don't think they did. It's like if you miss, it's a batting practice fastball for most guys. Mm-hmm. But um, we're seeing more and more guys go to it right now. So it's, it's interesting to see that kind of transition in uh, in the game of baseball. But that's something for another day, probably an article that you'll win an award for. Yeah. <laughs> it'll, it'll come out It'll come out later. Um, last guy I want to mention here is Sonny Gray. 
because you know we always like or i do and a lot of people like to talk about what they got right what they got wrong and i've been learning i've been trying to work on being able to drop guys quick and all these things and i dropped sonny gray a couple months ago mm-hmm. because it was bad it was brutal i couldn't stomach it i'm like i'm not starting him he's got to go he was limping into the all-star break like five runs six runs it was brutal since the break though the dude has thrown five innings or more in five or six starts three in runs or less in every start five k's or more which is very impressive to me 38 k's in 32 innings 193 era he looks like a brand new man 21.1 percent k to walk what do you got on sonny gray because this looks like the guy they traded for in the offseason yeah i'm with you he was a deadline deal for me in my home league um i got rid of him and i thought i was doing a i thought i made a great move uh because i just thought he was really trending down um the big thing is the swing and miss on the off-speed pitches uh, you know, since in that stint that you're talking about, we're up at like a 14% swinging strike rate on the curveball and a 13% swinging strike rate on the slider. Um, those were not missing any bats when he pre All Star break. So now, and we know that like Sonny Gray isn't a big velocity guy. He throws in the low 90s. He needs those breaking pitches. And sometimes as a pitcher, it's just like you lose the feel of it for a while and there's no rhyme or reason. There's no, that's the unfortunate thing is like, there's no telltale sign that says he's going to lose feel for the breaking ball. He's going to get it back, but he did. He lost it. He got it back. They're missing bats. Now, you know, uh, in the month of August, he has a 19.8% strikeout minus walk rate. He has a 30% uh, strikeout rate overall. Um, Yeah. I, I think, you know, I'd be, I would be happy trusting him in my lineup for the remainder of the year. 100%. Because, like, you know, you got guys like Barrios who showed signs of life. Now he's kind of back to struggling again. You got a bunch of those kind of guys. But Sonny Gray seems like he has figured it out, like you said. And, and that's that's the fun, I guess, fun kind of sarcastically tongue-in-cheek <laughs> part of fantasy baseball, especially for, like, guys like you and I that are kind of analysts and we try to help people out and everything. It's like, in the end, you can't explain how a guy lost a pitch. Like you can't, he just lost feel for it. And then that's why they grind. They do bullpens. They fit. And then all of a sudden it clicks again. They're professional athletes. Like you got to believe they'll click again. Not everybody does, but when you're sitting there analyzing the guy, it's like the whole time you're going, this is what I thought he would be. But mm-hmm. I, I couldn't predict the other part. And it's just one of those deals. It's just, you know, you try to be right half the time and you'll be happy type deal. But um, it's good to see Sonny Gray pitching well again. Too bad Tyler Molly got hurt because the twins could have had a nice little push there, but uh, we'll see how that one plays out. All right, Eric, I think it's going to wrap us up. Uh, any any other players you want to talk about before we go or anything on your mind before we wrap things up? Other than uh, Bobby Dahlbeck, the shortstop? Dude, that is wild. Um. <laughs> like, that is, I, 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 I feel like you know, just going on Twitter to MLB Network and going, okay, you guys have to show this game now. Like This is must-see TV for all Little League kids out there to give them hope that they can still play shortstop once they leave their Little you League too. You too can do it. Yeah. Um, no, listen, I, I don't know. Uh, I'll just bring up real quick. Like I have, I've added a lot of Jake Fraley recently. Okay. Yep. Um, you know, an every, a pretty much every day spot in the lineup um, in Cincinnati, which is, as we know, um, a good hitters park. I mean, we saw what it did for, you know, like a, a guy like Brandon Drury, who was kind of really like a, a, a journeyman. Right. Um, in the month of August, Fraley's hitting 302 with a, a 623 slug, 13.3% barrel rate, five home runs. He's got a 15.6% walk rate and a 14% strikeout rate. Um, 
you know, left-handed batter. So he, he's on the right side of a, a platoon. Um, I, I'm interested. Um, I've added him in a lot of places and I feel like he's still available in a lot of places. Um, I'm curious your thoughts. And then I know we've, I've, I talked so much that I've, I've yeah. r- had us run long, but w- as a Giants fan, are you buying in on JD Davis? Is this just mm-hmm. kind of like a platoon deal? Uh, two things. I love the Fraley call. Like I was talking about him the other day, I think he's a, he's taking Naquin's job. He's kind of like a mix between Naquin and Winker in that ballpark. Cause his OBP skills lefty bat, but he's, he runs more. So I like, I like, I like the Fraley call quite a bit. I would love JD. I'm buying into what he's doing, but it's a platoon, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And I'm not happy about it. So like, I'm happy with the trade. Cause you know, you trade a veteran, you basically trade the same player, but he's younger, more control. I, I didn't know what the Mets were doing there. That part didn't make sense to me. So right. I like the move in that respect because going forward he can be the future. Like let's let's let him hit versus right. He's, he's hit righty relievers and taking them deep since he's been over there. But Longo's playing Longo's playing well. I'll give him that. But it's just like it's a, it's a platoon for now, which is frustrating. That's Giants baseball in a nutshell yeah. for you. So yeah, yeah. I, I buy it though. And, and then the uh, last other name I'll throw out is is Nick Gordon. Um, I love Nick Gordon. Yep. Like you know, hitting since since August started. Uh, hitting 316 surprisingly with an 829 OPS, mm-hmm. uh, 12% barrel rate. He's got three stolen bases in August as well, playing every day, multiple position eligibility. Uh, this is a former first round pick. He's only 26 years old. Um, it's you know he had some struggles in the minor leagues, but I but you know the talent had what at one time been very real, and I think the talent may still be very real. Um, he's not going to be a major power guy, but you know, if he played a full year, could he steal you 17 to 20 bases and hit 270? Like, yeah. yeah. And and I think that there's some value in that for the end of the season. Yeah, big big Nick Gordon fan. It's amazing what regular playing time will finally do for a player. So mm-hmm. good to see that with him. And I'll throw one name out there for people to keep in mind. He's battling a shoulder injury, so he's been day-to-day right now. He hasn't played much. But if he gets back in the lineup, Sam Hagerty, if you're looking for steals, he has six steals since the break, hitting well in that Mariners lineup. So if you're looking for more speed, I'd, I'd honestly rather have Hagerty than um, than Bubba Thompson, personally. Mm-hmm. But uh, Bubba's playing and Hagerty's not. So that kind of puts a damper on that situation. But another name to think of going down the stretch. There's a lot of, a lot of fun options out there for sure. I feel like you're contractually obligated to add Bubba Thompson in like every week. <laughs> I got called out for that when uh, Vlad added him everywhere. I got uh, attached to a Twitter thread about Bubba, you're on call now. And it turned into a whole thing. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you guys don't want me stealing bases. Trust me. That's, that's, that's <laughs> not what you're looking for from this guy. Um, but yeah, I, I should. I, maybe the last week of the season, I'll add, I'll add him just to have him on my roster to finish the year. Got it. Yeah, got to do it. That, see how that plays out. But uh, before we head out of here, Eric, I remind everybody where they can find all your, your great content. Sure. So the easiest way is just um, on Twitter at Samsky NYC. Um, I'll tweet out all my articles for AM New York Sports, uh, which is just regular old sports journalism. Uh, Rotoballer is all where you can find all my fantasy content. Um, got an article coming out, uh, as I mentioned earlier, about uh, young starting pitchers down the stretch. And then on Sundays, I will tweet out a link uh, to my Substack for the Samolsky Sunday Tribune, and then you can just sign up to have that auto uh, sent into your inbox for the remainder of the season to get you kind of last year's or sorry last week's leaderboard um, to help you with this week's fab is the way I, I phrase it. So uh, check that out on Twitter and then subscribe. 
yeah, do that. I highly recommend it. It's not too late. So get on that sub stack. And also for you fantasy football people out there, Eric covers defenses for you over that roto bar. So go check that out as well. A lot of streaming defensive stuff coming from Eric. Yeah. So we, we had the draft targets article come out uh, just uh, last Friday. So check it out. We've got defense streamers coming uh, later in the week. I got my first of three drafts on Wednesday night tonight. So uh, I have to start reading a bunch of articles here in the next few hours to see where I, it's like yeah. the first year, right? I just did not do much NFL work. I'm like, I'm just focused on baseball and that's about all I'm doing. So Yep, at the mercy of other people now. So we'll see how that yeah. one goes. But Eric, as always, thanks for joining me, man. I had a pleasure talking to you, and I'll, I'll make sure it's not two years this time. Yeah, I appreciate that. But yeah, yeah. always great to be on, Bub. I appreciate uh, all you do for me and, and others in the industry, and uh, keep churning out that great content. And uh, thanks again. I appreciate it, man. Everybody, make sure you check him out on Twitter at Samsky NYC. And again, subscribe to the Substack. You will not regret it. Plus, there's other great work. But uh, this was Bench with Bubba, episode 502 with Eric Samolski. Catch you all later. Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.